everybody and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Ethos slash Bir Başkadır episode three, where um, I guess we just learn more about our people and how horrible their lives are. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Yikes. Um, I am not drinking any tea, but I wish I was. What about you guys? I'm really thirsty, so I wish I was drinking something. <laughs> I just had a few cups of tea, but I didn't like bring any with me because excellent, good. Yeah, I would but be disappointed if you had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Now I'm going to take us through what happened in this episode, and please feel free to interrupt. There was something really big that I would have completely missed had uh, as you and Honestly, I'm just so concerned with how some, how you all watch the show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, to be fair, we're not binge watching this, so it's harder to like yeah. have the have memory of some things if it's like across episodes. So actually, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just teasing. I understand. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> I understand the confusion. I don't want you to be disappointed in me. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, so we open on Yasin and Ruhye having a lovely little like camping date in the park somewhere. And I was like, oh my God, this, they're so sweet. Having a nice time. This must be like a flashback. But then Yasin leaves to get firewood and things get a little creepy and he comes back and he's like freaked out and she's freaked out. And then she sees there's like a big lipstick mark on his neck from a kiss. And then she wakes up. So it was a dream and a weird one and maybe a premonition given what happens in this episode, but we shall see. Um, And then... <laughs> she wakes up in their bed and she like tries to say good morning and it's just absolutely a disaster and they have like the worst most depressing wake up morning situation ever in their shitty little twin bed uh then Yasin is already pissed off because of this situation and he proceeds to be incredibly rude to Maryam about her morning um like interrogating her about the sh like grocery shopping and why is she making bodek at this time in the morning and all of this shit and he's just so rude i i know we'll talk about it later but oh i can't with him then he goes out to get bread and he sees a street dog attack a random girl which by the way street dog slander i will not have this um and she seems really really extra freaked out and he takes her to the hospital, even though it was just like a little bite, like you could put some best tracing on it and be fine. They don't show it as like a little bite, though. It's just it's blood. It's fine. They go to the pharmacy first. And then the pharmacist is like, yeah, okay. I, I don't think we should be dispensing this kind of medical advice, Sammy. If you get bitten by an animal, go to the hospital, get your shots. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Agree with Ezgi. Fine fine because you don't it's a stray dog like what they could have been eating anything yeah but they're all vaccinated and stuff i mean well it's 
fine, whatever. She does no. a responsible thing <laughs> and goes to the hospital. Uh, and she's like super weird and awkward with him. And this is where uh, texting with Sophia Nesky comes in handy because apparently this girl is the girl that was at the club, the nightclub with the really obnoxious friend in the bathroom. And I would have never in a million years realized that, but that's why she's acting so weird around him, I guess, because she's worried he's going to recognize her. But like Sammy, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes. I hadn't put those pieces together that she recognized him as the bouncer. Yeah. And she was freaked out at the bar too when she saw him. So she knows he's a guy in the neighborhood. Uh, but he, uh, but somehow like, it, well, I won't get ahead of myself, but somehow like everyone's interacting with her family, but like doesn't quite know what she looks like. It's a little it's like classic women getting ignored. <laughs> women being invisible. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think as a casual watcher of the show, you would not get that because they had like a 30 second scene with her last episode and that was it so uh i disagree i casually watched the show when it first came out and i got that immediately (laughs) 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 i also got it sammy although even although i had like a hard time understanding the context of the situation because clearly i think the show wants you to like expects you to have that have made that connection because if not, like, why would it be so weird and awkward, right. you know? I, right. I think the show right. expects you to have more continuity as you're watching. Like I said before, like, I think it expects you to watch these closer together than we have. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But also, like, in her introduction scene, like, I wasn't looking at her. I was looking at her friend who was screaming. So I don't know. Yeah. It was subtle. It was subtle. But yeah. I get it now. Thanks to my friends. <laughs> That's why we don't watch alone. <laughs> True. I would, I, I mean, I, I have had my share of, um lapses in understanding a show so no judgment from me (laughs) (laughs) um okay so then we go uh in the same neighborhood we see like a i don't know what you would call it like a quran study meeting or a prayer circle or something along those lines um with a bunch of older women and uh, we see an older lady is getting a call from Dog Bite Girl, I think. Um, yeah. And we later learn it's her mom. And she seems to have a medical issue because she has a hard time walking home. Then we see, still in the neighborhood, we see a dude at tea house who is just blabbing on and on about Carl Jung. And he just won't shut up. And I have like eavesdropped on people like that at so many different restaurants that I would just be so annoyed if I was his friends. But anyway, he keeps talking and then Mariam walks by and they're like, Ooh, that's the commander's uh, sister. Ooh. And they're clearly all like interested in Mariam and watching her and they know Yasin. So then we see Mariam has, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I hate him. <laughs> Me too. I hate him so much after this episode. Um, so then we see Mariam has gone to her appointment with Petty. And um we kind of see for the first time the the office that Petty works in, which is a lot less nice than I thought it was from initial shots they had. Um, and Mariam tries to give Petty some Bodek, which sounded just delicious. I mean, I would have taken the heck out of that Bodek, but 
Petteri refuses and Mariam is super sad and awkward about it. And it's really just terrible. I was wondering if where the, where the appointment was is like, like, I wonder if she, cause it's very common for doctors to like be affiliated with a psychiatric hospital, which is where it looked like she was mm-hmm. in that scene. And to also like have their own kind of clinic, like not a clinic, but like their own office. And the first, the first couple times we've been in her office, it had the vibe of like being like in an apartment building, right, like, like a nice, converted, yeah, converted an yeah. apartment into an office kind of thing. Yeah. And this was definitely in a hospital. So I'm wondering if it was just literally a different location, but, or they just like were shooting in an interior that doesn't match <laughs> now. I don't know, but. But I think it's also because they intersperse um, like petty sessions with Miriam with petty sessions with Gulbin. So I think yeah. like Gulbin definitely has a very, very nice office with like all the books and stuff. So I think that might have also made it really confusing in terms of like we have no idea where. Um, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to pay more attention, yeah. see if it looks like two different places or if it's just yeah. the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then they have their session, and and again, as Sophia said, it's intercut with Perry's session with Gulbin, although not quite as much this time. And Maryam says, thanks to you, I'm cured, which I was like, oh God, yikes. <laughs> She's clearly not cured. And um, Perry mentions histrionic transference again. Maryam um, talks at length about all the food she makes for Sinan, which made me extremely hungry. Um, orange cake is something that I'm very into and Petty she says something to Gubin that I just did not understand I think it was poorly translated Um, she said I wish I could say to her you've found your animus you're done for boom yeah which I I think at all I think what she's trying to say is like if she could she would tell her that she's like in love and like she's clearly like projecting or I guess doing some transference with her boss Sinan um spoiler for transference later on but I what I understand is like if she were not as like her psychologist or her psychiatrist she would say like you're in love with this guy like snap out of it like clearly Mm -hmm. like I think what she was trying to say is like you're projecting feelings because like how would she fall in love like she's barely had a conversation with him she just like thinks that he likes her orange cake, basically. <laughs> the other food yeah. she and she's wrong. So yeah. Devastating. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, so then we flash to Gubin, who is talking shit about Petty to Sinan. All these people are so unprofessional, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to talk about your patients. <laughs> if you're a psychologist. So she talks shit to Sinan about how Peri is just like Maryam, she's very lonely. And Sinan and Gulbin, um, it just doesn't go well that night because Gulbin's like, I'm always talking, why don't you talk? And he literally has nothing to say because he doesn't, he's not a real person. <laughs> um, he says she's dramatic. And then he says, he asks if she's staying the night and she's like, no. And um, finally, and then we splash. But she to... always says no. She yeah. Last time she said no, and then she still stayed. <laughs> but this time she does leave. 
Then we flash to Melissa and Perry who are having drinks. And Melissa is, I thought she was going to be super likable, but she's kind of a snob because she was like, I wish I wasn't making this show for the commoners. I wish I was making a streaming show, which is pretty funny because it's a Netflix show, obviously. And then Perry has also apparently been blabbing all about Maryam to her new friend, which is also super inappropriate. And so then they have this weird like fight that's like very, I don't know, it's like very low key, but it's like very nasty at the same time about how Perry should open up to Maryam, like how she she should like just be her friend if she weren't her patient. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that Melissa is- but Right, but I I understood it a little different, and I understood it more as like Melissa's like calling out Petty and saying yes, like, yeah, like you're really biased against this girl yes. because she's covered, and you should realize that you have a huge bias that you're yeah, she was not completely yourself, completely like like you said, Sophia calling her out and like not mincing any words, and actually I don't I didn't I actually didn't get her as snobby at all, even with the streaming comment because yeah. you know those those network shows are rough. I mean, they're like, everyone like plays the same character in every show that they're in. And like, it's always rich, rich guy, poor girl or vice versa. So it's like, I don't blame her for being like, I wish I could do something more interesting, <laughs> like what they can do on streaming and that they can't do on network TV in Turkey. So I don't even blame her for saying that. Um, it's, it's funny because she tries to like, so Petty tries to like be a snob and be like, I don't watch any TV. Like you're, you're the one, like I only go to the theater or whatever. And then Melissa's like, oh yeah, I used to act whatever at some theater. And she's like, oh, that theater that's like at X address. And she's like, no, that was like 10 years ago. So like clearly Petty is like a liar and yeah. more yeah, unlikable. Do, I, don't, I don't think she does anything for fun. I think she just like simmers in her own juices at home. <laughs> In resentment <laughs> oh god okay all right so then um yeah petty uh makes a comment like there's no way i'd watch a whole turkish dizzy but i want to check out your show but she said in like a very insulting way i think that scene just ends there then we see gubin in uh the famous bathroom of sinan where all of the most important things happen in this show <laughs> and she's reading about cerebral palsy and marijuana so I guess that's something to worry about for her um and she sees the magazines that Sinan reads which are about like muscle fitness men <laughs> like classic nobody's surprised and he but Sinan is surprised that Gulbin is le actually leaving without spending the night however she comes back I don't know maybe an hour later and she <laughs> comes back and she busts into the bathroom and she finds Melissa in there. I don't I don't think it's an hour. I think it's like minutes yeah. later. Like yeah. Min and oh, she, really? She's, she's about to get into her car in the parking deck under the building. Yeah. So, and then oh, she turns gosh. around. Yeah. yeah so he times Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Sophia. No, I was gonna say he like she has some sort of hunch because his phone doesn't stop ringing and he's yeah, like yes. texting Melissa. And in the previous scene we saw Melissa like like both her and Petty are like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave now, and she says that after getting a text. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she busts back in. She finds Melissa in the famous toilet, and she grabs the toothbrush, 
and claps and says bravo and leaves, which was just a great exit. I'm so proud of her. Even though I hate her for how much she talks shit about Petty, I liked her for that. Um, then we flash to the sad house and we have Mariam, Ruhier, and Yasin watching the Dizzy. Um, Yasin just like sends Ruhier to bed, I guess in kind of a nice way, but still he like dismisses her. And then he kind of tells Mariam about his encounter with dog bite girl but he doesn't like all the way and then he gets super touchy when she asks questions and like yells at her to get him a tea and then she almost faints standing up which of course leads to them talking about her doctor's appointments and she admits to him to Yasin that she did not tell Hoja about meeting with the therapist and uh so he screams at her for lying to the Hoja um, then we flash back to Sinan and Melissa having a wonderful night together, as everybody does with Sinan. And it turns out that she is the one who loves the orange cake. Sinan doesn't like it at all, which is just so sad. I hate that. Um, and she says, I'm not staying here either, bro. Good night, which is great. I'm so glad. I hope he doesn't have a third woman in rotation. Then we flash to Dog Bite Girl. Is her name Medine? I can't remember what her name is. No, it's um, something with a Y. Like, yes. Not a very common name. Let me check. Let me. Hold on. I'm looking too. Okay. Uh, Hairunisa, which is a pretty common name for the religious demographic. It's actually uh, one, the, one of the former presidents of Turkey's wife's name. <laughs> so. Could you put it in the chat? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay, Hairun Nisa. Um, she like is clearly interested in more like normal teenagery things or let's say secular teenagery things. So she like is um blasting music on her headphones and she's practicing with lipstick, even though she doesn't put it on, but she like kind of air draws it on. Um her mom busts into her room and they just seem like such a much nicer family than <laughs> Mariam's family. <laughs> like everything just seems nice. They're friendly. I think, I think less therapy is needed. Like, than, much less than therapy in, in the other house. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to like each other. Yeah. Um, so then there's just like a really long conversation with her mom. And then there's like a really long conversation with her dad. And, and who's um, the dad? Did you say that? Who's the like, dad? The Hoja, He's the Hoja. Right? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Sammy missed all the important plot reveals in this episode. It's <laughs> oh God. Okay, great. Yeah, totally. The dad's the Hoja. That's the big reveal. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Wait, I hadn't caught that until right like one second ago when Ezgi asked. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I was like, why is this goddamn scene so long? <laughs> oh man. Okay. And then um he kind of like asks her how she got to the hospital with her leg bit, but then he drops it and they just watch TV. And that is the end of the episode.
So now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling all of the faces that I missed section. <laughs> Sammy watches the show blindfolded. It's like extreme. Like, extreme maybe I've become face blind. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Oh God. All right. Where do you want to start? I just hate how awful um Yasin is. Like, why is he so awful? Me too. I but he's him. not like I again, I challenge you to not see him as like a two-dimensional figure or an antagonist. Like there is clearly allusions to the military and some trauma there. He's got I mean, an incredibly difficult marriage to navigate as someone who's like clearly not emotionally mature either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the pressures of like being quote unquote, the man of the house, which, which is problematic, of course. I'm not saying like that should be like a structure that exists societally, but it does, especially where yeah. they're where they're living. So I think he's got this immense pressure. He's got, he goes to this job where he confronts probably a lifestyle that he finds disgusting, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just a lot and I'm not like his behavior is not excusable, but I also don't think it's like a manifestation of him being like a bad person. It's just like, but it's just like, there's a lot, (laughs) you know, it's, it's weird that a, like, it's the first time that Ruhi is like speaking to him or like speaking several words at a time. And his response is like to get mad. And then he also gets mad with his sister and it's like, okay I get that you're upset that like your life is this way but then again like why does he have to be rude to the sister you know this yeah. all this does all the freaking work in the house like she yeah. got all the kids ready and she's just like working really hard and he's like why who are you making that food for like yeah. what the hell like why are you doing anything without my permission and then I also felt I don't know what like we're meant to feel in terms of like that scene where he's like feeling compassion for this other woman for this like very young woman also um but like it's odd that it it feels weirdly like platonically romantic like I feel like he's projecting like oh if I like were with this woman like probably my life would be so much better or I don't even know what's or maybe not even that deep maybe it's more like here's someone I can like tangibly help and like there will be a solution to this problem that's in front of me versus like he goes home and there's like no solution to any problems um and like they all collectively need a lot of therapy (laughs) it's just that then it's so weird because it's so shady like he doesn't say anything and like she doesn't say anything and I, i understand why like it wouldn't be normal for like this man to be like taking her to the hospital but then she's like so upset by the whole thing that it's odd that she's so upset I don't know it, it's just like I felt like the scene need, needed a little bit more of context for me to understand why everyone's like having and, such yeah a I don't think they needed to be either side needed to be secretive about it at all they both definitely made it weird yeah. when it didn't need to be yeah that's what makes me feel like there's some sort of like tension like either imagined or yeah. like sexual tension of some sort i can tell you that she is not into men so that is not Um, (laughs) that's not coming from her that was not her friend in the bathroom (laughs) so okay okay. yeah i don't think we've like fully seen that yet but it's Um, yeah so yeah i think she's in i think she's in college also i don't think she's like a teenager but um she's definitely i mean obviously younger than yasin yeah yeah um 
yeah i just i and and it's odd that he gets so he gets so mad because like rohia had a dream about him like or is it because she dreamt and she told him that he had lipstick on him or something that like it made him upset because he's very faithful to her no i think it's more like remember in the one of the prior episodes i can't remember if it was the first or the second but it's probably the second they were like kind of having a normal conversation like she was like i want to go to the village and he was like okay great like why but like in a polite way he asked why play for him way and then she was and then she like refused to answer and then there was a whole freak out i feel like he's still pissed about like that and that he like thought they were like thought it was going to be normal and then he was like mad at himself for thinking anything could be normal and then like she's she's being quote-unquote normal again and he's just like immediately went to the reactive angry irrational mode uh that's how i interpreted it it was like he's again like all this baggage he's like re yeah. like reassigning it to her even in a moment when she like it was like totally innocent and like free of any kind of meltdown at that point and then he had the meltdown <laughs> okay that makes sense i'll take that and then I guess my other point is like, why is Petty so freaking unlikable? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I just, yeah, I do feel bad for Petty though because, like, okay, sure, she's like kind of an asshole about this patient, but her friends are horrible. Like, Gubin mm-hmm. is horrible about her. Like, she clearly despises her. Mm-hmm. And then this Miss- isn't her friend. She's her therapist. I think Petty thinks she's her. Perry friend. thinks she's her yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, and then Melissa, her new friend, like <laughs> made her feel old and then like gave her a big lecture, which like, yeah, she's right. But like, do you give that kind of lecture to somebody you've been friends with for a month? Like, no, you don't. I don't know. Uh-huh. But I think she needed to hear it because not even Gulbin, who hates her, is capable of like expressing that she thinks she's extremely biased and like that she thinks she's super woke. But what she's doing is just like, she's there's a, an interesting quote she says like they have their head covered but you have your mind covered or something like that she says and I thought that was like really interesting because I guess it's like just vocalizing the whole point of the show which is like people are different and when you like make a blanket statement about a group of people like it doesn't matter if like in theory you're more educated or whatever like it's still ignorant to believe that everyone's in the same group just because they like have a characteristic that brings them together yeah but I mean I think for me Petty is like so deeply unlikable like how could you refuse the boudic that like this woman made for all that was so sad oh my god I couldn't I I understand why she turned it down but like you you should just take it and then like dispose of it without her seeing yeah take it and like put it out in the shared office in that horrible hospital place you work people I I mean I, I think by policy like they can't though and that makes sense because like your patient could like put something in it or like they could have I don't know like any, anything could happen right like or you they know, can fall in love they could take it as a gesture yeah like, exactly so like, more you know, than like a professional relationship whatever yeah yeah so either be like super upfront like in the first appointment and be like uh, you know I'm not presuming you're gonna get me anything but like just so you know like <laughs> that's not allowed so don't bring me anything ever and then that it's fine like, set the tone of uh, or like accept it but then get like get rid of it without actually consuming it don't let she was just like so mean about it, mean about it. 
And like she clearly has an issue. Like she lacks so much self awareness. Like yeah. she thinks that she's the most self aware person, and that she like can psychoanalyze herself, um, <laughs> with like everything that she does. But the truth is, like she couldn't be further from that. Yeah. Whenever Goodman actually tries to challenge her to like think so- about something differently, she just changes the subject. So I question yeah. why she even goes as a therapist yeah like because you're clearly not interested in examining anything (laughs) i also think her life is extremely sad yeah like she has no friends like the people that she thinks she like 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 her or she likes actually don't like her at all yeah she probably doesn't like them either like because she's so like bitter (laughs) we also haven't seen where she lives yeah it's like we've I guess we haven't seen where Gubin lives, but we've seen her at Sinan's house, but mm-hmm. we've only ever seen Petty at like public spaces. So I'm very True. curious if there's like something about her living situation that we're going to learn that gives us more empathy for her, maybe. I mean, it I, wouldn't surprise me if we do. I can't remember quite, but I like feel like faking. we get more depth. Yeah. She's like faking a big part of who she is, like either it'd be like there's something about like her personality that she's not sharing or like about her lifestyle or something I don't know because yeah it, I mean it seems like her parents were like the opposite like it was taboo in her house to be religious so I feel like that probably is tied to something in like in her past mm-hmm. what is up with uh philosopher dude at the tea house why who why how does he have any friends well who's so smart character because they don't even like give him a name i i do believe he i I, like forgot he existed until i saw him but i think he's like well secondary not a primary character but but i think he like will continue to pop as um Oh God, what's our what's our girl's name? I forgot her name. Main girl, Mariam's like quote unquote love interest, but like I don't think I don't think she's interested. <laughs> but how how old is Mariam? I feel like she I think she's like, like odd that she's not married yet. I'm sure she's had suitors, yeah, but not or or she's had suitors and like it was her her brother accepted turning them down would be my guess because he needs help like because he can't run he can't run his own household obviously because why would he as a man (laughs) his wife is ill Uh, so I'm guessing that he didn't like I don't think he would like necessarily block her from getting married if he like approved of the the dude but um I don't think he was like actively trying to marry her off because of his situation yeah my guess guess is she feels like she can't leave because yeah her brother's kids need somebody to look after them and the household But she, as we know, she passes out because every any time that anyone talks about marriage, so yes, so clearly oh, yeah, there's important. So she, she does want, to, yeah, but also yeah. other she has baggage, baggage. <laughs> yeah, we will see what happens there, and then, so, what's the deal with this with with the young with Hyrunisa's um mother? Because, like, she clearly has something, like, a physical illness. But it doesn't seem like she has talked to anyone about it. Yeah, that's well, be- that's basically hus- it. <laughs> husband's the hoja, then, you know, he can take care of it, right? 
Yeah, he, he can show her some flowers and be like, honey, show her the flowers from Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Be like, because you're this real rose, you probably are dying, and that's okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be this plastic rose. <laughs> oh and then, um, so I don't understand like the whole, I feel like Sinan and Gulbin like only exist to enable or like to comment on um Mediam's like obsession with Sinan what do you guys think because like I feel like Gulbin is there like as a foil to Petty and like as like a lover to Sinan and that's it I would just say we're only three episodes in so many horses (laughs) but (laughs) I agree I feel that way about Sinan I feel like he's like if we learn stuff about him, I'd be surprised. I feel like he's just there to like sleep with people and try to sleep with people, but maybe we'll <laughs> learn more about him. Uh, I, I but- hope so. Cause he's like the most one dimensional character in like a show where the whole premise is like, no one's one dimensional. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but been I think we're going to learn a lot more about, it. I mean, we saw a glimpse of her sister. Right. Okay. And then mm-hmm. we also saw her looking at that website about cerebral palsy. So we're gonna learn something about that i'm sure that's not gonna be a loose end hopefully yeah. so yeah but yeah right now i'm really i like how she dissed sinan but i hate how she talks about petty i think that's like so shitty also like sinan is a scumbag like i don't think he can keep a secret so well unless it's regarding I don't think he's like and he's not really listening like I don't, if he saw paid i don't think he would like even register that that's like who goodbin had been complaining about <laughs> he's so dumb yeah smooth brain no thoughts only sex <laughs> sex face as melissa yes. called him out on yes oh my God. <laughs> she's so funny yeah anything else we need to talk about i don't think all right So now we're going to move on into the history section where Sophia's, Sophia's, Sophia is going to educate <laughs> us about uh, philosophy and uh, psychology. So wow, psychology. educate us. So um, we have two psychologists slash psych- psychiatrists. I'm not entirely sure if Gilvin, I think, I think uh, Petty is a psychiatrist, but I'm not entirely sure if Gilvin is a psychologist or a psychiatrist. But often in therapy, Petty like mentions that she has histrionic transference with Miriam, um, or that Miriam is. It, does she say that she has it with Miriam, or Miriam has it with her? Miriam has it with Sinan, okay. right? Oh, with Sinan. I don't remember. I watched this episode a week ago, so I can't remember the exact <laughs> quote. Okay, but basically, um, we were curious about what that means, so we googled it, and basically, um. It's a concept that was very, well, it was first described by Freud and then it was like characterized more in depth by Carl Jung. So basically transference in a very general sense, like people believe it's when you like develop feelings for your therapist. Um, And like what explains that in this theory is that you are transferring feelings that you have for someone else to your psychiatrist because of certain traits that they have for example um so basically it's like 
when repetitions of old feelings, attitudes, desires, or fantasies that someone displaces are subconsciously projected until onto a person that's here and like here now. Um, and usually like when people talk about it, it's based on feelings that came from a primary relationship in childhood. So, um, basically it's like, for example, you have a feel, you have certain feeling about your parents and you transfer that to your partner or to your children. So like, let's say, um, you had a very positive relationship to your mother and I don't know, your child has the same smile or like has the same mannerisms or has some trait that's the same. So basically you just like project your feelings for your mom onto that child or spouse or, or a different like person. So basically um, that's a little bit about what transference is in theory. And it can, it obviously can be like harmful. Um, but like the modern social cognitive perspective apparently says that it happens in everyday life. So like when you meet someone new, what you do like as a human being to make your life easier is just to compare them to people you already know and like categorize them according to that. So like if they are similar to someone you like and you have a good relationship with, then you're going to like them. Or if they are similar to someone you dislike, then um, you'll project the same. So basically uh, that's like a big part of, of what transference is. Um, I think it's pretty technical, so I'm not going to get into the depth of it, but basically like the way that it was discovered was because like Freud was having a lot of resistance from his patients. So basically um, what he like realized was that the patients were transferring feelings that they had for certain family members or other people onto him as his as the doctor as their doctor or their psychologist sorry I had a bug on my computer (laughs) so yeah that's a little bit about that and then like Carl Jung um just to give you like a brief uh bio on him he was uh, a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst and he founded analytical psychology and he's been uh very influential to a lot of things and he was like kind of the person who took the like Freud's legacy and he obviously like reinterpreted parts of it um but uh he is like a leading person or like a leading mind of psychiatry and psychology um and he, he like he had a falling out with Freud and established a separate school Uh, which was analytical psychology as opposed to psychoanalysis. And the main concepts of analytical psychology are like that one is individuation, which is like your lifelong process of trying to differentiate yourself, um, like the self itself from the conscious and unconscious elements. Um, And he created like a bunch of different Um, terms like the collective unconscious so like that's basically like a system of beliefs or or things that like are shared within a society um, like introversion and extroversion um, and like a bunch of different terms which I think are too technical for us to get into them but basically um, I guess the other part of what I wanted us to talk about is just kind of like we I couldn't find a definition for histrionic transference. 
So like, what will you guys think that it means in this context? Cause I have a hard time trying to understand what that could mean. I mean, what I thought originally before you <clears throat> explained everything was that she was like getting hysterical because of her feelings about romance and love and weddings and everything. And that was transferring to a physical reaction, but obviously that's not what it means. So I'm in the dark. <laughs> She's having problems. Do you have any thoughts, Izgi? No. I wish I remember what they said in Turkish. <laughs> but I, I think it was like... It's probably uh, just a Turkified version of, yes. of the same words, but yeah. Um. Well, what I'm thinking now is that possibly like what she's saying is that she is like transferring those desires that she has to get married or like projecting like what she thinks her dream husband is onto Sinan. You know, yeah, yeah, probably. Was yeah. like that makes the a most sense. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think at the same time, she could also be transferring like what she needs in like a mom slash friend figure onto Petty because mm -hmm. she also doesn't mm -hmm. seem to have any of that in her yeah. life. Yeah. That makes sense too. Yeah. I think that's our history section for today. All right. Nice. I feel like I learned a lot, but I'm still confused. <laughs> so here we go. So now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck Sultan of success and Fatma's hit list. So what the fucks, what do you have? I mean, I think the whole scene with the dog biting was just like the weird, like it was so <laughs> to me, it was really what the fuck. Cause like the, she gets so upset. She's just like crying. I mean, mm -hmm. I She's also experiencing transference of some sort of other situation. <laughs> yeah, I think um, she, I think she's terrified of like being recognized as the girl who was in the club bathroom. But the guy has like no clue because he's yeah. It's it's people. it's kind of. I mean, I think she expected because she knows like this is because she recognized him in the club. She recognized uh -huh. Yasin in the club, which means that like. like she, they've had him over. Like the Hoja must have had him over. Mm -hmm. But like women are so invisible that he doesn't even like he's like face blind to her in a way like he doesn't even like connect the dots that he first of all on the street he doesn't recognize her as the hoja's daughter even though she somehow recognizes him in the club and also like you know the next day or two days later whatever timeline this is on the street but like he continues throughout the whole thing to have no idea um although i think at the club he did say like do i know you so or yeah. i, I, I can't remember if that was at the club or at the, on the street but he I think it was at the hospital, maybe. At some point, he asks if he knows her. Um, might have been at the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, so that would have been, like, from the club, probably. But, like, she definitely knew him from, like, the neighborhood and her dad's relationships. So, again, like, men being shitty. <laughs> it's not, not seeing women. <laughs> but WTF to Yasin for, like, having absolutely no idea. <laughs> That's his, like, yeah. main, main idol's, like, uh, daughter. <laughs> well, also WTF for the mom not answering 
when she's in the prayer group, like her daughter's had like, she's in the hospital and she's not answering the phone. Well, she tried to answer the phone. She just couldn't because she couldn't. Can't can't confirm that. Yeah. People of a certain age do struggle with the touch screen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think she was trying to answer the phone. Yeah. I think yeah, she probably called her back after or something. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see all that action because she did end up at the hospital with her. Mm. Fine. Fine. The mom is really just doing her best. That's all I have to say about the mom. I feel bad for her. (laughs) She's also she's also ill. Yeah. (laughs) She's physically ill, yes. (laughs) I have what the fuck to Perry's office. We will investigate further to see if that's a new office or the same office, but it's a lot shittier uh scarier outside than i thought it was i thought it was like a normal like office building um what the fuck to all of perry's terrible friends uh i know she's all like two of them but (laughs) she really yeah it's rough it's rough out here girl just wants to drink her red wine and look at the fish tank what the fuck to the director of each episode's obsession with sinan's bathroom why do so many plot points have to take place while people are sitting on his toilet? I don't understand. Oh, also WTF to Melissa not locking the bathroom door. Like yes, that's yeah. true. Can, yeah, if true. it's just the two of them, like why the hell would she not lock the door? Well, if it's just two of you and like it's obvious she went to the bathroom, like he's not gonna bust in on her. You don't need to that lock he's so yeah, gross. he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> he is a creep. That's for sure. And then I also have what the fuck to the street dog slander. Uh, <laughs> street dog. Well, it's it's also very feet. odd because the street dog like bites her and then it just lets go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought the happened. whole like the way that was edited was hilarious too. Cause the dog like comes out of nowhere, bites her and then like scampers off. It's like, yeah. all, like <laughs> wait, what? what did within, you like, do? within like two <laughs> seconds. Yeah. So I, that was, that could have been executed better on camera. Definitely. <laughs> Um, if you are interested in street dogs in Istanbul, you should Google Boji, B-O-J-I. He, there was a big story about him in CNN like two years ago. He's super cute. He likes to ride the subway and <laughs> the tram and the ferry in Istanbul. And then he got adopted by one of the coach family. So he's living his oh, best Oh, wow. Life. He really is living in a <laughs> multiple mansions. Yeah uh yeah so google boji he's really cute i had not heard about boji like at all oh, oh wow, so wow welcome welcome yeah the cnn article has pictures of him on all of the different types of public transportation oh. okay who is our sultan of success gubin for getting rid of sinan hopefully yeah or mid and also maybe co co um sultan of success with Medusa because she like not only like completely called uh paid out on all her bullshit she got a bunch of selfies taken with her adoring fans at the same time and she also like didn't give snow what he wanted yes <laughs> so. yes and she got her orange cake yeah she got her orange cake yeah she fell for the dumbest trick in the book like oh she's this crazy stalker that was in my house She's no one. I don't think she fell for that. She, because I mean, she, she like, didn't left. accept it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she did. No, this is like she's demonstrating that she's intelligent. I don't think, I don't think she fell yeah. for that. Let's hope not. 
we might find out differently in the next episode but... oh i feel like every woman in this show who's like involved with sinan sees him as a fuck buddy and nothing else because like what else can you expect from him i mean he literally doesn't talk yeah He's just like are you staying over that's all he yeah can say. yeah um so. okay fatma's hit list i mean obviously sinan is a reigning champion but <laughs> yeah and I just, know as you want to honestly. sympathetic towards Yasin, but I'm having well, like specifically with his behavior in this episode, I can accept that. But because uh, he was very over the top in all of his reactions. Also, okay, good. I also I hate Peta too, so I would always be down to put her on the hit list. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her in a way where I'm like, I'm actually not interested in your traumas because you just suck. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably because she's like uber privileged. That's probably what makes me like have have a barrier to like caring what her deep seated problems are. Whereas with mm-hmm. Yasin, I'm like, well, his life is just like the context is just very shitty, and you can tell that immediately. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay, so we're gonna have a a, a three way tie here. Although Sinan is not tied, Sinan is the winner, but we're <laughs> we're gonna put um, Yasin and Peri in the second tier if Fatma has time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening and congratulations to our co-sultants of success for turning down Selim, Sinan, what's his name? Sinan, <laughs> Gubin <laughs> and Melissa are our co-sultants of success. And uh, next time we'll be talking about episode four, where hopefully we learn a little bit more about everybody that we care about, but not Petty because Ezgi doesn't want to know anything else. I don't want to know. I just want to hate her. No, I'm kidding. I do want to know. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.